0: Player Profiler and our podcast network is super resource intensive and we rely on premium subscriptions to the website playerprofiler.com to keep the engine running. Go there, sign up for our player rankings, Dynasty Deluxe, DFS package, or go all in. Those that subscribe are everything to us.
1: First class fantasy time, Theo. We're back. Back in the house tonight. Got my boy Theo with me. I'm your host, co-host Billy Musio. and Theo with me as always. We are doing a live FFPC $125 best ball draft. And uh draft just kicked off, Theo. We'll get the get up pull up in a second. We're drafting from the seven-hole. Um, it's already it's it's already flying by. Like with the kick, we've literally haven't even been in a minute, and we're already on pick seven. So w- right now, one went Jamar Chase, which is not normal Christian McCaffrey went two. Kelsey with three Justin Jefferson just fell to the four hole in this draft which is why couldn't we have gotten the four of this draft Billy <laughs> crazy Tyreek Hill Austin Eckler we're on the clock let's get a pick in and then we'll go ahead and start talking uh shop and just doing a better intro here so Cooper Cup JT Barkley Diggs Lamb AJ Brown all in play here for me Wh- which way you want to lean
2: I don't mind a C.D. Lamb play here. I think he's very safe. Um, and he also has a lot of upside. I think that that offense is, is pointing up no Schultz there. I think it's, and no
1: Zeke Elliott. I think it could be another massive season for lamb. What's your lean. Uh, I, you did not have to twist my arm. I, I'm already getting flack for how high I have him in the rankings. Uh, but you know me, I toot to my own horn. I do my own thing. I win trophies, Theo, and I have CD Lamb pretty high up in the rankings, especially in the player profiler FFPC rankings over at the site. Um, you can load those things up. Go to the player rankings tab at the top. Click the FFPC tab, and they're dedicated to the format that we're drafting in right now. And guess where CD Lamb is in those rankings? I'm going to guess he's quite high. <laughs> he's actually number eight. Uh, I've been, I've been, I've been making a case to move him ahead of Cooper Cup, but I think the masses would flip out there.
2: But well, I think, I think, that's, I think that's an argument. interesting. It's an interesting one because you know you're you're a little bit of an ageist, Billy. And Cooper mm-hmm. Cup is getting up there, and CD Lamb is absolutely in his prime. And the way CD Lamb ended last season, over the second half of the year, he was like a rocket ship. The guy was like wide receiver two um, over the last like eight games of the season, uh, and that again, that Cowboys offense. I don't think like no Dalton Schultz in the red zone. The most familiar red zone weapon for Dak Prescott right now will be CD Lamb. Uh, I think that that's a that's like a little bit of an untapped part of his game. I think he could get force-fed a little bit more around the goal line, and there's no threat of Zeke Elliott um, with, like, you know, the owner in the year saying, let's get Zeke a touchdown here. So uh, I'm, I'm all about C.D. Lamb, and I think that that's fine process to have him, you know, over Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is it's kind of a hard pill to swallow because you've seen the guy average 22 and 25 points a game, like unbelievable production, but I don't have a whole lot of faith in that Rams offense right now.
1: Yeah, it, the Rams' offense is tough, right? Because we know it's going to be funneled still through Cooper Cup. It's going to be Cooper Cup, and we expect it to be Akers, right? And they're just going to probably funnel it between these two. Uh, it, it, there's there's a lot of moving pieces in this offense. We expect this team to be – I expect it to be pretty bad in the league, and which means that they, they may be throwing the ball a little bit more. And so there's always that flip side of the coin that I worry about, and we all know the what Cooper Cup is capable of. That's why I don't want to move him too far down the rankings because – He's just coming off. I mean, prior to him getting injured, he was still the wide receiver one. So there's a lot still to like about Cooper Cup. And I'm not saying that he's, you know, in the words of Theo, dusted by any means. But he's still there's some concerns is where I'm going with this conversation with Cooper Cup and the Rams offense. And I think that Lamb is in just a much better place to succeed in 2023. Uh, we are on deck here. So let's I haven't I haven't. I have it open. Should we should we put this on the uh, on the on the share screen, Billy? No, let's make them just totally guess all night. I don't want them yeah. to see anything we're doing. This is that's way that makes way too much sense, Theo, to give them the board. No, I'm kidding. We, let's go we ahead. can
2: we'll do it between <laughs> we, we can do it between picks. Um, so we're, we're I don't think we need to worry about table talk here um, because I I don't think there was enough. I don't know if anybody's listening in live um, that's in our current draft, but right now we're we're one pick away. I, I kind of like Jalen Waddle right here. I would also okay. go Amon Ra St. Brown uh, unless you, so Brees Hall just goes. Uh, so right now, I, Ken Walker would be the running back of choice, but those two wide receivers, Jalen Waddle and Amon Rice St. Brown kind of stand out to me a little bit here.
1: Is there uh, something you want to throw out, Billy? Should we consider a tight end? I like Amon Ra. I'm starting to own a lot of him, but I don't really care um, at, right now. Um, I lean Amon Ra here. I could go Andrews or Hawkinson, but I really like Amon Ross St. Brown, and I've been kind of taking him almost insta in this round just because I like his upside, I like the offense, I like what they were able to do last year. I think he's going to see you know a similar role, if not more than what we saw last year. So I would go Amon.
2: I think I agree with you. I think we should go Amon Ross St. Brown, and I think in a tournament setting like this, you can go ahead and lock it in. Okay, let's, I'm going to lock let's it. Do it. Uh, I'm going to figure out the board here. Sure. So the like when we get to a tournament-type setting, I get the structural advantage of having one of these top tight ends, uh, and and being able to like basically go kind of skinny at the tight end position and not have to put a, a, like a, a number of draft picks into it. But I think when you you have to throw position out the window in a tournament setting where we want these guys who can just go nuts for a thirty point game uh, in that championship week, and I think Amon Ross Saint Brown is that, and I think that I feel better about him doing that than I would. TJ Hawkinson or Mark Andrews, even with the tight end premium scoring. Uh, I think that we lean a little too much into structure. And I do think that there's a, I'll give it a 10% chance. One of them comes back to us. It's very rare. I think it would be more likely that it would last to like the 304, but wild things happen, Billy. I mean, it seems like this, this board is a little, is a little bit uh interesting in, in kind of their builds. You see, you know, Pollard and Jacobs right there. It's I'm not sure how this is going to go. And, you know, we're, we're creeping around. We we have five picks to go where one of these guys might fall to us. So we might get one of the tight ends really late.
1: Yeah, it's I've seen Hawkinson fall pretty consistently in the round three. And even though I have him higher in my in my rankings, right, we, we look at um, ADP and we have to, you know, consider where they're going inside average draft position. And we're not going to take him in early round two. And We know we have a chance to get him in round three. Like that's this is how we're building. You know, monster teams to the chance to win up top. This twenty five thousand, and if we can grab Amon Ross, Sam Brown, and TJ Hawkinson, that's the best of both worlds, right?
2: A hundred percent. I do think when the money drafts come around, like, and it's we get away from best ball and we get into like main events. Mm-hmm. I think both those guys are gone by like the let's call it the three oh three. I think it's going to adjust where those guys are going to be very popular around that two three turn, just based on their profiles. You can kind of, you know, squint and 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 see them going up to tight end one overall, even though we're both on and there goes Hawkinson, even though we're both on uh, you know, Kelsey. So there goes Mandrews and Hawkinson. We missed that. So uh we're we're still we'll we're, we're still
1: good. We still got a lot of guys we like right here, Billy. Yeah, it's a very ambitious. I mean, it's it it's it's not it doesn't happen frequently for them both to land back in the middle of the third round. That's usually when they fall, right? And so, but this is where you try to do you try to land them when you can like that. So let's let's take a look. We're on the clock now. I have way too many windows open, Theo. Um, so, it.
2: I we we could go with a running back here. I think there's some very attractive wide receivers.
1: Yeah, T. Higgins, Chris Alave.
2: T. Higgins, Chris Alave are are both my lean here. We're already started wide receiver, wide receiver. We could go wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. Uh, Alave, I think presents a great deal of upside. T yeah, Higgins is a little bit more of a known commodity. I don't mind having an Alave uh, exposure right here. I, I I like Alave. We're on the same page, so I'm gonna lock him in. Okay, good. And then we might as well talk about it. Like, where are you at with 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 Austin Eckler right now? Uh, he seems very uh, almost hurt by the contract situation in Los Angeles. Uh, I I think they're gonna work things out. But w- what is your initial take? Right? Is that is uh, could Austin Eckler be
1: on the move, or do you think? that it, everything's going to get worked out. He's going to be a charger. I think eventually it'll get worked out. He's going to be a charger. I don't think he's going to get the money that he's, you know, wanting. And I think he's bummed out about it because he has been, you know, one of the best running backs in the league, but you know, unfortunately he just picked a really bad year to, to, to go through these contract demands because we had a pretty heavy running back, uh free agent um, free agency. Uh, and this running back class on top of it is, is just really good. And so um, you take a look at all that and it just, lowers the value of the running back position from a contract standpoint in 2023 and i it just it was bad timing on his part and i know he has coming off two monster seasons but um unfortunately just the the pool of availability is just it's it's you know it's it's classic supply and demand and so you know the supply is high and 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 we're going to be driving the price down and so uh, i i think it's an unfortunate situation for him i think he deserves to be paid but you know he's he's nearing the ajpex and no one's going to want to sp- put a big contract on the line and pay him the money that he wants. And so I think he's going to have to come to kind of realization and maybe there's a team that will, but I doubt he's going to be able to move. I think he stays a charger and he's going to be playing that Tony Pollard role inside this Kellen Moore offense inside this San Diego or not San Diego now LA charger offense.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's so important to that offense and, and everything that they did last year. And also we've seen Herbert, you know, so reliant on checking down to him. Uh, I, I think that he'll end up getting a raise, not quite the money that he wants, but enough yep. that that both sides are happy, uh, and he'll he'll work things out. Do we think that the
1: the T Higgins being traded ship has sailed? I don't think he's traded. There's this this offense is too potent with him and Jamar Chase together. Right? I, why would you want to separate the band when it's working? I you hear the rumor of teams reaching out? I, I think it's maybe they were kicking kicking the tire to see what they could get for him if they were going to be able to take in this huge haul. They probably would have, but I, I'd, I'd expect that maybe those conversations didn't lead to anything what they w- wanted for him or were willing to move him for, and he's going to be back here in Cincinnati. I didn't think he was going to be moved. Um, there's a couple of players I still think have the ability to be traded, but T. Higgins and and um, and Eckler are not are not one of them. Yeah, I, I think that that's it's not going to happen.
2: The one guy that has gotten uh, picked in this draft that I do think will get moved is DeAndre Hopkins. Do you have any leans on where you think he will end up? Uh, I think it could be we could be disappointed by the landing spot. I think that his profile is good enough that he's somewhat landing spot proof, even though he's a little bit older. Uh, but I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting. I, you, I've heard Atlanta being thrown around, which would be really gross, but I think besides Atlanta, I, I think I could live with a number of them. Where would be a, a spot, you know, obviously besides Kansas City, is there another spot you think would be great for DeAndre Hopkins?
1: Yeah, uh, Buffalo would be great, right? You've heard yes. that, You've heard that name be thrown around. Um, I mean, I, those are, of course, the most ideal landing spots. It, 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 you're even hearing rumors now they may just cut them, and, and I mean, that would be crazy but it's i think no matter where he lands he's still going to produce you know wide receiver two numbers with the ability to be a wide receiver one on any given week we're on the clock let's pick real quick okay so Um,
2: we're we're otc here uh i you don't mind i don't mind dallas goddard here Uh, goddard is one of the two in the queue the other one is my boy debo um so I would I would go Debo if you twisted my arm, but I think that Dallas Goddard gives us a little bit of what we wanted from Hawkinson and Mandrews. Yeah, flexibility. Around later, well. yeah, and we don't need to press tight end if we take Goddard. So I think we'll like the wide receivers that are there for us in the fifth round. Okay, but I'm I, fine with that. I, so let's I, go Goddard.
1: Goddard's one of my two in the queue, so we're on the same page, and I'm glad Cal Pitts went ahead because I wouldn't have slipped Cal Pitts. Just throwing that out there. Okay, I, I, I was not, not <laughs> going to twist your arm tonight on that one. Uh, we have a question that I want to uh, talk about right here, and this is from uh, Josh, I think it's Pesky. Uh, sorry if I mispronounced your name. Can you explain the advantage of drafting early quarterbacks versus the cost and where you land? Um, this is a great question, and this is one of those age-old debates, right, of taking a quarterback early in drafts or waiting on them. And I think the price uh, increase this year that we're seeing is in part due to the extreme difference at the position. Last year, more so than ever, we saw just the large gap between the top-tier quarterbacks and that Tier 2 or even Tier 3 or Tier 4 in some scenarios. And that large gap and, the, honestly, the uncertainty at the quarterback position earlier early in the year caused this panic at the position where people were wanting to lock in what I call the god tier of quarterbacks the Josh Allen's the Jalen Hurts the the Patrick Mahomes the the, the Joe Burrow's right you could even throw in Fields and Lamar in that situation maybe but i, I think it was a lot of uncertainty at the position this seeing Josh Allen go here at the the 2 4 was common earlier in drafts it's not as common now we're seeing Burrow we're seeing Hurts we're seeing Mahomes Fall into the third round a lot more frequently than we did a month ago or three weeks ago even. Um, and this player, particular player, in did it for a stack with with digs. So most commonly, I'm seeing now these quarterbacks start to fall half a round versus where they were a month ago. And I think that's because we've had some more certainty at the position. Right? We saw Derek Carr land. We know now he's he's on on the Saints. Right. We saw Jimmy Garoppolo go to the Raiders. Like there, when you're building teams now, you can fall back to a later quarterback if you wanted to take a later quarterback or build a late quarterback build. Now you at least know where these players are going and you have that opportunity. So the price has started to kind of be eased and come down a little bit, but still not to the level that we're used to in drafts. To fully answer your question, that's part of the reason why they're expensive. Also, the disparity between the position last year, and I think people are just wanting to secure that spot. I personally think it's an it's necessary to mix it in. You cannot go an entire year of drafting and not have some sort of ownership at those with those players. Like you have to own some hurts. You have to own Patrick Mahomes. Hold that thought, PO. We're on the
2: court. We're, we're we're OTC here. Um, so we just saw another quarterback go in Trevor Lawrence. Uh I'm sort of open here, Billy. Uh, who do we have in,
1: in the queue right now? Uh, I didn't add him in the queue because I was okay. talking, but we have so, Lamar Jackson's on, the, on in play here for me. We could even double tight end and be done with it and take Darren Waller. So I like, I like your lean on that one. I say the, we take the Darren tight Waller end.
2: And, and we completely do not take one more tight end the rest of the entire yeah. draft. Let's do it. Done. So I, I think that that's also – so getting back to the question with these quarterbacks, also when you get to a best ball – like a format like this, when we're talking best ball, is the ability to take a an early QB and then just completely, uh, you know, punt the the position is is a really nice strategy because I can build I can have a two QB build, whereas Billy and I we're setting up for a potential sicko build where <laughs> we, we may triple tap the QB position, which is fine. There's different ways of kind of skinning a cat in best ball, but like team nine who took Josh Allen there, it'll be interesting to see where he takes uh QB two. like, I personally think what team one did with all due respect to team one and, and to team six, that's kind of poor strategy here to double tap the, the QB position so early. Like if I take Jalen hurts at the, at the two, three turn, then I lose a considerable edge when I take Justin, uh, Justin Herbert uh, at the, at the, in the fourth round. And I could see what he was kind of trying to do with having two, uh, skinny stacks where he has a hurts Devonta Smith stack and he has a Herbert Williams stack, but I, I don't know, Billy, what do you think of using two of your top five selections at the QB spot?
1: It's interesting. So two of the top five, I'm not liking as much, but Todd Burroughs, who do I do a lot of best ball drafts with? He did this study on, on these, on the leagues that he had and I had and, Oddly enough, like the win rate that we had with two early quarterbacks last year, and this might be a fluke to last year. That's why the 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 stri- like this strategy and this comment is not fully researched yet, but I just want to throw it out there as kind of uh, like food for thought, because it was only research for last year. I would have to go back and look at 2021, 2020, and then start to do a little bit more analysis. But last year, we had a pretty high successful pass-through rate on two early quarterbacks, in the top, I think, five rounds, I think is what he said of that. And it, although it looks ugly and from a typical draft standpoint, it's not something that we usually like to do. Um, that being said, last year might have been an anomaly because of the the, the quarterback issues that we saw. Right. We had so much injuries at the position. There was a lot of, you know, shuffling and, and players losing jobs. And and I think that was part of it. I'd have to go through and finish the research, but I j- just food for thought there. I just want to throw that out there. But it's, it's it's interesting to see. I've done it this year just to, to test the waters out, and I've gone, but I've done it with, like, two rushing quarterbacks because, you know, the possibility of an injury there. Like, I'll do it with, like, Fields and Lamar, right? Double tap it if it falls. I don't – it's not something I'm doing all the time, but I want to mix in some exposure to the two early quarterbacks. But it's a difference if someone's volume drafting versus somebody who's only doing five or ten of these.
2: No, that's a, that's a fair point. And I think that we do get a little bit caught up into – what happened last year in best ball builds i think that you see it a lot in the underdog tournament where you know in underdog people will you know react to the whatever strategy won the year before and that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be this year so i think that that's a it's interesting to talk about like what what were the past pass-through rates of of this build what were the through rates of this build uh and kind of going from there well it'll be interesting to see what cash is especially in this early FFPC tournament, Billy. But uh, I don't mind our start right now. I think we've got a lot
1: of firepower, and we have two tight ends who could
2: put up really, really big weeks in, uh, in Goddard
1: and Waller. Yeah, and the beauty about tight Titan Premium is we can flex one of these tight ends too, right? So it, it, we don't, it's not like we're locked into just one. I, it, with FFPC scoring, tight end Premium, it allows us the opportunity for one of these guys to be one of our flex starts every week too. Um, I see we have two players in the queue. We have... Uh, I, added,
2: I added a third that okay. um, I added Jamison Williams in the queue because we have Amon Ross St. Brown and it gives us a chance at a, a nice Detroit stack because uh, mm-hmm. Jared Goff, I think will be in a, in the wheelhouse where we won't really have to push it. And we'd have exposure to an offense that I think is going to put up a ton of points. I also, yeah. um, for that same reason, I have Deandre Swift in there and then I have, I have Damian Pierce. So team Mac Nova said, fuck your stack, Theo. <laughs> <laughs> hat, a big a big hat tip to team <laughs> mac nova so right now i i have i have the, i have the two i have the two uh running backs and then
1: i see you added christian kirk which i don't mind either i i lean pierce here i i think having singletary land in houston was like best case scenario for him and i think that he's gonna be heavily involved i know it's gonna be a bad offense this year but he was running hard he was he was doing great he he had a shit ton of carries. I, I really like Swift this year. He's like my RB 17 or something like that.
2: I'm okay with it. I feel like we somewhat lose uh, a little bit of our edge when we go Pierce here, but I think structurally he makes you want to
1: lean into receiver and keep
2: going with Kirk. Does Kirk give us that edge? I think that, you know what your initial lean for structural lean was the correct one, Billy.
0: Okay. Let's go
2: with Damian Pierce. All right. But I think that's an interesting, an interesting kind of, Argument and that's a little bit more of a kind of a a redraft, you know, true zero RB type build where you'll see teams really with an outstanding start and then they panic and draft a running back. Uh, I do think that that's not as big of an issue in Best Ball because the structure in Best Ball absolutely matters. But I'm sure we're going to be putting together some uh, really fun drafts over the summer, Billy. When we're we're mm. we're doing some some higher stakes format drafts uh, here right here on First Class Fantasy where we certainly will not be taking our foot off the gas pedal uh, to do anything sort of structurally when we
1: get to those months. That's right. Um, what do you think of rednecks build? I call this the Christmas build, right? Just solid green and red. And I see this pretty frequently in best ball. I'm not crazy about it. I understand the thought process. He's probably going to go like nine or 10 receivers. W- w- what do you think of the breakdown? Well, I don't mind the player selections. Uh, I think that he, he, he,
2: He got had some pretty good values on his players, and Rednecks is an experienced uh, FFPC drafter. I'm actually in Mm a Dynasty League with him. Oh, yeah, a lot. I see him in a lot of leagues. Um, So I think this is somewhat by design. I think he went in here knowing that this is going to be his strategy. I think as soon as he took Derrick Henry in the second round, uh, I think that the the decision was made. Um, I'm not sure about the need for the Miles Sanders. Like Miles Sanders and and Dobbins seem like they're – somewhat similar bets like range wise i'm not sure i would have i would have probably pivoted off of uh dobbins and and gone with a wide receiver um but i can kind of understand where he's going with with this sort of build it'll be interesting to see when we get down to like round 12 13 how he's recovered uh at both the tight end position and the wide receiver position but you certainly have to like what he's done at qb and running back that's right
1: well um Let's go ahead um, and take a look. The Podfather has a a quick word for you. uh, Thanking you for your all-in subscriptions and making everything that we're doing over here at Player Profiler possible.
0: Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. And one of our key missions is to make as much statistics and information And deep analysis available on playerprofiler.com for free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All-In Package to continue to make all this possible. If you can't do All-In, that's okay. We have a draft kit. We can just subscribe to the player rankings. Those now include tight end premium FFPC ranks. Our brand new data analysis package. We'll blow your hair back. And of course, there's our Dynasty Deluxe and our DFS Dominator. Take a moment, check out our premium services to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.
1: That's our best ball team taking off here, Theo. Who, who, so who, it's, who are, who are it's a,
2: the the rare on the clock sound effect coming off of an advertisement. That is called professionalism. Billy and I are not freaking out. We're 38 seconds ago. My lean right here Rashad White. would be Rashad White. Out. Yes. It's, it's like it's a layup to get Rashad White here in the middle of the seventh round based on his current situation and the upside he presents to us. I might like the Rashad White pick more than the Damian Pierce pick. And we yeah. get him around later.
1: I love when he falls around eight even more, but I'll take him in around seven all day as well.
2: Yeah. And it's not necessarily, I I think that what we did with the first three rounds allows us to kind of get away from wide receiver and not really panic. Cause I do think that the, my favorite builds in this sort of a, a, a slim best ball are the excellent wide receiver builds. Cause I think those are just so dangerous when we get to the money weeks, but Rashad white, I mean, Chase Edmonds is the only running back they brought in this offseason. Leonard Fournette is gone from Tampa Bay. The wide receivers are getting older. Rashad White is kind of shaping into a really fun, fun player. We moved him up in the dynasty rankings. We talked about him this week, Matt, Allen, and I on the Sonic Truth Pod about him as a dynasty asset. Um, Everything's kind of aligning for him as a dynasty asset, and I think the redraft market will, will kind of catch up to it. I think he'll easily rise. Throughout the summer, as long as he survives those first two days of the
0: draft,
1: yeah, I think he survives the first two days. There's just there's a lot of opportunity in this team we just across the board, um, especially with the absence of the quarterback position um, right now. I have him as the running back twenty seven in rankings, and I think that you know it, it's it's fluid. It's going to continue to change as as the draft approaches. Um, I have him just just under two hundred rushing attempts, right? Five touchdowns, right? Eight hundred rushing yards. On the projection side, and I have him involved in eight percent of the target share. So uh these are pretty modest, and I think that he has every opportunity to outperform that. And this could be like a you know David Johnson-esque kind of season where he's one of the most utilized three-down backs in the league with, with with what is available for him. So I love Rashad White, I love the what his skill set is, liked him come out of college, love the fluidity to do his game. I'm excited to see what he's able to produce. I've been high on him for a while now, he was—he's one of my guys. If you go over to FFPC, we have the my guys little thing on the side in the rankings. I got Rashad White. I am getting a little flack and kickback on the my guys, Billy,
2: because my guys are are extremely like blue blood. <laughs> I think there was a, there was like an hour where I had two guys that were, were really really highly ranked, and uh, I adjusted them. I, I wanna I wanna be a company guy on that one. So yeah, it's fun. You go go through the the my guys. They're on the site. It's really awesome. A shout out to our editor Seth Dywald, who's. Really put a lot into like our bios and and the my guys and all that sort of thing. It looks fantastic, and it, it's great to see the really sharp minds that we're working with. The guys that they're trying to flag planting this early in the year. There goes Traylon. I would have liked to have a Traylon Burks in the eighth round here.
1: Yeah, Traylon would have been nice. Marquise Brown's interesting with Hopkins leaving town. It opens up twenty two percent target share. Um, the other one is we could start to take a look at quarterback Goff with the stack with Amon Ross. St. Brown is there. Um, I think golf will be there for us next round. Yeah, I mean, there's three teams without a quarterback. How many quarterbacks? Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones, uh, Justin Jefferson, he'll stack with cousins probably. Daniel Jones, he doesn't have anyone, Daniel Jones, but if we miss out on Goff, we could take Daniel Jones because we could we stack have, him. Yeah. We could stack him there. Okay. 19 seconds left. I like either Marquise Brown here or um Am I gonna say it? Tyler Algier? Well, Tyler Algier is is a risk. Um, I like Hollywood Brown. Let's take Hollywood Brown, Billy. Okay, I like the upside of Hollywood, Like, right? Yeah. I like do it keep down the field. And I know we have a quarterback concern, but they still got to throw the ball to somebody.
2: Yeah, and I think that there's a chance that Hollywood Brown could be like people avoiding Cardinals in the draft because it is absolutely so ugly. Billy, here's a good question for you. Who starts day one at quarterback for Arizona right now? I don't want to because answer that question right now. Mick Sorley is is not signed. No, Mc, McCoy is injured. David yeah. Blau is still on the roster. Like it's going to be somebody who's not even on the roster starting day one. This yeah. is they have the lowest win total in all of Las Vegas right now. Um, they're they're at like five and a half wins. I think that's the lowest uh, team total on the board. Like Hollywood Brown could be one of these guys that's like a bad offense. 30% target share, like disgusting, like, oh, look, exactly. Hollywood Brown got another another 13 targets this week. Oh, Hollywood Brown got 12 targets this week. Like, it could be that, because he's going to be in fantastic game flow situations. You could potentially have a bad quarterback with tunnel vision. It's, it's kind of like people don't want to take him, um, but I think he's a good value when he's here in the eighth round.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's a great value this late. And, and you look at what he did. He had a pretty good stretch. Last year, I mean, I, he was. I think at one point he was like wide receiver five. Yeah, and he was. He was popping off. You know, he had eleven, two eleven target games in the first four in the first four contests, uh, in, uh, week two and week four last year. It, he was week, running uh, wide receiver number three in fantasy points in in week three last year. What is receiver eleven and four? wide receiver ten in week five? And uh, I know kind of tapered off from there because injuries and and it just wasn't you know getting touchdowns, but. I still think, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins leaving is 22% of the target share available. Ertz is still coming off the ACL injury, and I know this team's going to be bad, but like you said, it's it could potentially lead to more passing opportunities, and we don't like the quarterback situation, but regardless, it's still an NFL team, and they're going to be throwing the ball. So I like Marquise Brown at cost this year.
2: So we are looking at Kirk Cousins and Daniel Jones go back-to-back. Back. So if Jared Goff is selected... I say we push QB another round. Yep. Um, I think w- if if we push QB another round, I mean, at this point we're kind of com- almost pot committed to a triple tap of QB based on our build, which is doesn't really scare me in best ball. I think we can make up for it. Um, but I don't want to push somebody up uh, based. On, like basically, if, if like Goff already here is, I feel like we slightly lose a little bit of an edge. We have the fact that there's the the stack with Amon Ross St. Brown, it would have been nicer if we had the Jamison Williams in there and we could do it. But if he's gone, do you want to push a QB up or do you want to just
1: take a, take the best player available? Do you you recognize who you're talking to? I've I've
2: been, I've been in a, I've been in a, in a draft and a high stakes draft with Billy in, in another format that shall not be named where we took, uh, I believe our, our QB one was round, round 17, Matt Ryan or something because we had Michael Pittman and we wanted to develop that stack. And needless to say, that team did not finish in the money last year. So, and I will say we, okay. So Goff got went, I'm, I'm behind. No, no, Goff uh, made it. I said, Goff I'll, made I'll, it. I'll take him. Okay. So let's take Goff. That's good. I'll take or Goff. Or do there. you want to live dangerously here Theo? do you want me to push you to the edge again? No, I think we take, we take, we take Goff and I can't believe I'm having to pound the table for Jared Goff in the ninth round, but I think like we're going to have boom weeks with, with that Detroit offense and we already have the correlation with I'm on the right side Brown. Let's just kind of lean
1: into it. Man, I forget. I remember last year we were drafting. You guys should have seen Theo. Like, literal sweat coming down his forehead every time I said, we're pushing quarterback each round. It was like he started the quarterback conversation in like round nine or 10. We got to start thinking about quarterback. And I'm like, nah, we're not thinking about quarterback right now. And we just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. We get to like round 15, and Theo's panicking. He, he's. We we need a quarterback. I'm like in in due time. In due time, Theo.
2: Well, we 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 called out. <laughs> we called out uh, Chad Schroeder. Yes. Um. In the pre. So, if anybody's not listening, I'm sure we will have Chad on at some point this summer. But Chad's a friend of ours, and he's probably the best uh, high stakes fantasy player to ever ever live. And we basically called him out, and we said we're going to take down Chad because Chad was in the draft with us, and uh, that was not the correct move to make. Uh, But I do believe that that particular draft, like when tonight is fine, because this is, you know, this is like sicko time (laughs) of the year. This is April. (laughs) But when you get to summer and you do live drafts, um, you know, Billy and I have have had had to do this many times over, Uh, you know, in the GOAT district. This has happened many times where you do a live draft and there's somebody in your draft is is listening in trying to snipe you. And you can't say like the players you're considering. It's it's a very difficult. So. Uh, this this year we will be quite guarded. Um, we'll have to refer to like player one, two, and three in the in the queue. Will be it'll still be fun to listen to, but we're going
1: to be a little more guarded this summer, Billy. and less, less like bravado. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that the draft that Chad took like an extreme amount of that position, or was yes. that the, yeah? I think he took like four or five. But
2: there was like there was like there was like four drafters who boxed us out because yeah. they all took QB two before we took QB one. And we didn't think any of them would do it, and like, and it was like I mean, a super, super sharp draft too. <laughs> there was like eight really good drafters in that draft, and and, and they definitely boxed us out. Um, didn't let us have any of those quarterbacks. So we, I think our our build was like Matt Ryan and Jameis Winston, and I think we picked up like Carson Wentz after Week One um, waivers after he had a good week. It was disgusting. <laughs> Oh man, that last year I think Chad
1: did the same thing on another draft. We I was pushing tight end to the max and he ended up going like five straight tight ends to block us out.
2: I remember there was a couple of rounds, Billy, where Dak kept falling, and you're like, no, 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 it's all good. Dak's gonna fall <laughs> another round. No, 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 it's all good. Let's let Dak's coming to us. Dak's coming to us. I'm like, Billy, just take Jack, Please take Dak. And uh, we waited too long. And and lesson learned, what are you gonna do? We don't need Dak. <laughs> so we don't, we don't need it. We could have, dude, if we had Dak on that team last year down yeah. the stretch run, we could have, we could have made, you know, 10 K plus, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Um. So we see a run of tight ends, uh, Greg Dulcich, Chigakonkwo, Cole Komet, Tyler Higbee. This is fantastic for us, Billy, because yes. it's starting to, to see it. It's like a purple run and we are done. So there goes Jordan Addison. I really like that pick. This is the time that I like leaning into the rookies I'm going to throw out Quentin Johnson and Zay Flowers, who are both available. And I think, Billy, both of these guys fill a structural need for us at wide receiver. And both of them will be first-round draft picks. We are higher on Zay Flowers uh, at Player Profiler. He is our wide receiver three. Uh, We've been working hard on the dynasty rankings, the rookie rankings. A shout-out to Cody Carpenter, who has put out a tremendous rookie guide uh he had a number of it's guys ass like,
1: man it really is
2: it's it's gorgeous to look at we highly recommend it um i'm going to be referencing it for the next few weeks heading into our rookie drafts but cody crushed it um but i i like diving into one of these uh rookie wide receivers here billy this is this is a perfect range for it because it's round 10 i think it it it. i'll defer to you so i think zay flowers is is the guy who i prefer Quentin Johnson in a best ball format is very interesting because of his yak ability, his big play ability. So I'll kind of defer to you, but I, I, I'm i kind of pounding the table to grab a, a rookie wide receiver here. And the fact that Jordan Addison went means those guys will not be there for us in the 11th round. So do you want to go with the smaller guy who might be have a, a better a weekly floor or Quentin Johnson, potential big play, potential guy, deep threat, uh, Zay Flowers can boogie though, too. Don't get me I'm wrong, honestly,
1: we have 15 seconds. I'm also looking at running back just because we only have two, we got four solid receivers right now. Um, I would either go Quentin Johnson let's or go, go. Listen, we can go Jamal Williams. I see him in the queue, and then we'll, you know, let's do it. Okay. I, I like Jamal, and I know that he isn't the sexiest pick here, but potential Alvin Kamara suspension still looming, right? Um, yeah going to have a a fairly large role there, probably going to be the goal line back again. Um, There's a lot to like about, and I'm not saying he's going to have, he's not going to be a thousand rusher guy. If that happens, I think it it far exceeds my expectation or even my projections. But I do expect to see him heavily involved in the red zone. Um, And if if we do see a four to six game suspension for Alvin Kamara, um, I would potentially... you know, I could see Jamal Williams going in like round seven, or even you know that 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 Rashad White, Joe Mixon range. If once we get finalized news with with Alvin Kamara, and so I always like in these early drafts to pick players who I expect or project to raise an ADP as the draft unfolds and as we get more clarity at all the positions. And that suspension is people that are just they're they're not thinking about it as much because it hasn't been in the news, but. I do expect it to happen, Theo.
2: No, I loved, I love Jamal Williams. And that's a guy that we moved up in dynasty because of this. I think that he was, he was, he had a pretty decent contract that was given yeah. to him. This is like, I think that for, for weeks and weeks, we kind of expected him to just to resign in Detroit and take kind of a team friendly deal with the raise, but he landed in a really, really good spot. And I think that even if, if Kamara um, avoids the big suspension, I think Jamal Williams is going to be part of the weekly game plan, um, and I think that he's in a in an offense that needs playmakers. I think that Jamal Williams is going to have a nice weekly, uh, weekly, uh, a weekly floor in terms of touches. But I think he's going to be very useful. You see Samaje Piran go. Uh, that's kind of a similar bet. I think he's another player that should rise up um, mm-hmm. in these sort of rankings. Um, you see another another team. Team one takes their first tight end. Uh, they uh, did with Dalton Kincaid, a player who uh, I'm very, very high on. But I think that that's a that's a tough bet to make to make him your tight end one, Um, you know, landing spot unknown. Although I do think he'll be a top 20 pick. Uh, Billy, your thoughts on kind of punting tight end to that point. I uh,
1: not the tight end I would have picked. I'm fine punting it, but I probably would have taken like someone like Dawson Knox, who we know is going to see you know, 10, 11% of the target share, probably going to see anywhere from six to eight touchdowns. That's all he does is score touchdowns there pretty much. I probably would have leaned that way just as a, as if you're going to punt it this far, just go for the touchdown upside and then probably come back around again and take someone like a Juwan Johnson or just I don't like taking Kincaid there as my only tight end.
2: So I have in the queue right now, there goes Zay Flowers. So that's gone. I think that if Derek Carr is here, I think we take him based
1: on the structural build we have. Your yep. thoughts on that? Yeah, he's in the queue. Uh, Tie him in with Alave, right? And we we got a Jamal Williams now, and so it it makes sense. I I I have he's number one in our queue right now. Hopefully, he makes it. We got Kenneth Gainwell also, who I would get another running back in there. We're also to the point where we can start looking at receiver again. Um, I threw Jacoby Myers in the queue. Good, I like he's Myers. He's always a
2: he's always a guy I like in this range. I think he's a little bit underrated in best ball because I think he'll have a weekly yep. floor. I think that oftentimes in best ball, people get into the habit of, I want to, you, you see people taking the, you know, it's a cliche alert, but the better in best ball guys, and they'll say, you know, a better in best ball guy. Um, that's like the, the MVS types. These guys there are going to occ- occasional spike week types. Um, let's take car and, Got and we locked on. it. Um, but I think that a lot of times these guys with safe weekly floors, um, they are they are very 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 good to have, and they can get you through slow weeks uh, in best ball. Like you could have a, a couple of particular weeks where you know guys might underperform, but you have enough guys you know hitting uh, in the the back half of your draft in terms of giving you double digit points here, double digit points there, and and you have a, a semi productive week. So I think the better in best ball uh, thing is 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 kind of a misnomer often. I do think the one position, one uh, archetype that I think is better in best ball is the that like satellite back because you don't have to worry about which weeks to play them in. You think about like the classic James White years where you don't have to worry about hey, do I start them this week and and maybe miss out on on the that sort of uh you know a twenty point week and and have to you know swallow the eight point weeks. Where in best ball you don't have to worry about that.
1: So, question for you and I. This brings up a. It's a comfort level, right? And some people would look at our quarterbacks and say, Jared Goff and Derek Carr, I need three. Where does Theo stand on these two quarterbacks? You have Jared Goff on your team and Derek Carr. We have stacks on both of them. Do you feel the need to take three with these two, or where do you draw that line?
2: Well, I do think that the fact that we are a two tight end build gives us the flexibility to take a third quarterback. <laughs> I think in these slim, in these slim best ball formats, you don't need to be skinny at two, two of the positions. You can be you can be skinny at one, and then you could take that third QB. Um, whereas if we were triple or quadruple tapping tight end, then that would be the one where I want to be, you know, more apt to be safer at at QB. But I do think like if the uh, a triple or quadruple tap tight end build would have mean we probably leaned into an early QB. So they kind of are a two-way street, Billy. You cannot be perfect at every single position. In my opinion, you want to, you cannot be afraid of being, you know, wide receiver. Uh, st- you cannot be afraid of, of accentuating a strength in best ball and being like excellent with your wide receivers, excellent with your running backs. Um, because when I think you start worrying too much about balance, that's when you take the edge off um, and you you potentially lose some of your some of your boom week potential at, at those, those important positions. Your thoughts on that? Uh, I agree with it a hundred. Oh, he made it. Yes. Kenneth Gainwell. Okay. So that's fine. Kenneth Gainwell is a good one. I do like the two wide receivers you put in your queue. I do like, him but as let's, well. let's take Gainwell. Cause this is, we're actually structurally getting there with running back. Yep. Where I think we're good enough at running back that we might be able to, to live with a five running back build
1: yeah I either that I think so as well. Uh, we're and we have three really solid receivers that allows us to push this one more round, I think.
2: yeah, I, I still like having, yeah, I, I I agree with you on that. Like the wide receivers at the top are just fantastic. and Hollywood Brown is kind of like that the icing on the cake because we are going to have another high target share guy. um so I, I like the way it's come together. But I do think that we're, there's going to be a couple quarterbacks coming up, um not necessarily next round. But a little further down the line, um, that can kind of make our build uh, you know, even stronger. Okay, I'm gonna lock in Gainwell. Yeah, let's lock him in. You're we both we both like Gainwell and Gainwell in the 12th round is great. Um, you know, I think that he could you could make a case for him going higher. Um, because again, you don't have to worry about which weeks to to play him in. He's in one of the league's best offenses. Um, he's gonna certainly have a role no matter what's going on at the running back position, whether it's you know, Rashad Penny, or even if they add another running back that we're not sure of, Kenneth Gainwell has a role. Nick Sirianni loves Kenneth Gainwell. I mean, Billy, how many coaches wear Kenneth Gainwell t-shirts? How do you even get a <laughs> Kenneth Gainwell t-shirt?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I'd wear it. Would
2: you wear it? I would love to have a Kenneth Gainwell t-shirt. And shout out to anyone listening in who wants to send uh, a Kenneth Gainwell t-shirt to Billy and I, if you know we're there for yeah, sale, we'll, we'll rock let us know. Right now. We'll
1: rock it 100%. 100%. We should get Kenneth Gainwell T-shirts when we go to the draft in three weeks.
2: I'm so excited it's to go. Three weeks. Three it's, weeks. It's three weeks.
1: It's three weeks away.
2: Three weeks from now, we will be sitting at the draft, watching the first round. That's
1: right. Man,
2: yeah. I'm so pumped for that. I'm so excited too. It's it's a shout out to um you know everybody at, at Player Profiler, but we're gonna have a big big group uh, heading down to Kansas City. Uh, we're all getting there on Wednesday or Thursday. I think everybody's going to be there at the first round. Um, I am going to stay through day two and then I'm heading out. I'm heading back. I know. I think you're staying for day three, Billy. Uh, Yeah, I'm back on. um, I think I leave on Sunday. Leave on Sunday. So you're, you're there for day three. I'm not going to be there for day three, but I'm so stoked for it. Um, And it's going to be, it's just going to be amazing. It's gonna be a lot of fun to spend time with you guys. And also Kansas city is an awesome place. And, uh, just a chance to the, the energy of the draft it's nothing like it um I cannot
1: wait Theo did I ever show you this picture that I found of us did I ever show you no it's this is us inside uh, oh. the draft <laughs> my man my man Billy's got a
2: Billy's got a uh, got a time machine because that is definitely us <laughs> at the player profile of crib. That's that's at the content house right there. Big time. Big time <laughs> Em, are you in this scenario are you are you will farrell or are you john c riley oh man oh i i think i have the will farrell hair yeah. yeah i think you might you might be a little more will Ferrell on that one okay so we're we're coming up um to ot you know if this guy here.
1: takes the guy in our queue i'm going to put my nut sack on his drum set
2: i don't see anyone in the queue right now <laughs> uh let me see here billy Okay. I'll throw a Billy Muzio favorite into the
1: queue. Oh, please tell me it's, it's, it's Darnell Mooney or, or Palmer. I put
2: Palmer. That was okay. Palmer. Palmer was, was my suggestion. I think he'll be there for us. Yeah. Um. You saw KJ Osborne go. You saw Rondell Moore. You saw Alec Pierce. I like all three of those guys in this range. Um. Yeah. So I think we'll be able to sneak, sneak Palmer in here. We're, we're one away. If Palmer does not go, I mean, if Palmer is selected, I don't know which way we'd go. I don't, necessarily love Mooney as much um as Palmer but I I
1: you could twist my arm into it Theo says you gotta be careful there is bunk beds at the mansion I'm bringing my power tools that's it no bring no them. doubt Cody no <laughs> doubt Cody okay so
2: we are we are here um I say we take our our boy Josh Palmer
1: yeah let me double check this one's close in my mind I want to double check my rankings and double check.
2: My well here's the the devil's advocate is is he could push back around to us um if we let him go but i don't know i think that's i have him almost back to back 52 and
1: 54 <sighs> is, i do you want to chance it take mooney here and see if we can get him back that's fine i will throw out yeah that's fine let's
2: take mooney then i think he will come back around but i think it's i'll give it i'll give it a 65 percent chance
1: he comes back around Okay, I was going to go probably 45, but I, I, I'm i going to risk it for the biscuit where I put a 0% chance Mooney would come back around.
2: Yeah, Mooney would have, based on where he's been going, I think there was, you're right, 0% chance he comes back around. Let's risk it for the biscuit, Theo. You know I'm a gambler. 100%. Um, Cody, do you think we should take Jalen Hyatt here? <laughs>
1: Uh, Cody's team would be like all rookies. Yeah, that's it. But <laughs> Cody's team would
2: definitely not have Jalen Hyatt. Definitely not a a Cody Carpenter favorite.
1: Um, all right. Let's, so where we sit right now, we have one, two, three, four, five wide receivers. We're at four running backs, two tight ends, two quarterbacks. Pretty balanced build here. Um, we talked about the potential of adding a third quarterback. Um any potential stacks that are in the queue right now you could you could add Jimmy Garoppolo and stack them with um
2: well, I feel like that's an that's one that we
1: didn't go that direction, never mind,
2: yeah, and also, like I don't love using the bridge quarterbacks in best ball because I feel mm-hmm. like we think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to give you eight like even if Oakland if uh, excuse me Las Vegas ends up with like Anthony Richardson, you say, oh, that's gonna be eight or nine starts for Jimmy and then they move to Richardson, but you know how these things are, Billy. If they start out 0 three, then the yep. rookie's coming in there, and then you're sitting on a on a on a dead a dead
1: pick. So what you're saying is we need to draft Brock Purdy because he's the goat. I, I get it.
2: Or you take I, I like the idea of taking a guy that might be a beat up starter, like a like a Sam Howell or a Desmond Ritter as a QB three is a little yep. more interesting to me because I think they have longevity and I think they could have some boom weeks in them. Um, so we see a, a, a wide receiver run here. Donovan Peoples-Jones, Jalen Hyatt, and Sky Moore. But Ooh, we are we st- the
0: gambles. The gamble is looking okay. It's looking all right.
2: Is he going to make it, is, The gambles looking okay. Theo's <laughs> <laughs> sweating yeah. bullets. He's sweating. Not quite sweat level yet. I'm looking down the, to see if we have a pivot. Um, I'll throw a couple more guys in the queue. Ooh, I throw one more, but uh, I think he'll be there in the 15th round.
1: No, erase the one you put in there. Not drafting Dave and Singletary. We we have we have um, Pierce. That's a
2: good point. Yeah. So Hill and and uh, Shahid are both in there as well for a
1: little bit of uh, New Orleans uh, stack. building. Yeah, I,
2: I like Shahid. I, I would
1: have liked him a lot more had Michael Thomas not stayed.
2: But Shahid, again, will have a couple of weeks where he's really useful in Spikes. basketball because he's he's a big time, um, you know, a deep threat. And he's a big play potential guy. So he's gone. There's (laughs) DJ Shark. There's Singletary. Oh, Singletary Uh, moving on for you. Hey,
1: look, it made it. The gamble paid off. Let's go.
2: That's a great gamble. And uh, Josh Palmer in the 14th round is is just tremendous value. There we go. It worked. So we are still. I think we're still going to end up with one of these New Orleans guys in the following round. I'll throw I out. I love when gambles like that pay off.
0: I mean, it's kind of like a hold
2: your breath moment. And again, <laughs> I think there's two situations in this draft where I like the Rashad White pick more than the Damian Pierce pick, and I like the Josh Palmer pick more than the Darnell Mooney pick. Just and we got him around later just because the value for sure. Um, so we're we're in pretty good shape here structurally. We need one more running back, and I don't think that's something we should wait till the last round four. You know this what um, you know what is this about this team, Theo?
1: It's first class. It really is.
2: It's first class all the way. And uh we're 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 gonna have to get off the air here in 10 minutes. So I wanna give a quick plug. Next week, we're gonna have Mike Leone, which will be our third guest ever on First Class Fantasy. And Mike Leone uh, is from Establish the Run, incredibly sharp guy, one of the sharper guys in fantasy football, and he's also a guy that competes against Billy and I in high stakes formats. I'm actually in a very, very high stakes dynasty league with Mike as well. Uh, But he's, he's
1: a big time drafter, a big time analyst, and he's going to be a great guy to talk shop with. Yeah. Lovely. One. I love drafting against them. He drafted against uh, Dave and I last year inside the high society league, which is a, a $10,000 buy-in league over here at the FFPC. Um, FFPC has buy-ins ranging from uh $35 all the way up to $10,000. So, Um, there is a a game for everybody per se. So uh, make sure you draft with code underworld and you get $25 off your first first team. But yeah, he played against us in the 10 K we, we, we won and uh, he lost the final week and it was the final spot for the playoffs going into it, going into the 10 K and it was down to the wire. We had like one, one more victory point than he did for the, for the final spot.
2: Yeah. And if you use our code underworld, that ten K would only cost you nine thousand seventy five dollars this year, Billy. So nine thousand nine recommend- hundred and seventy five. Nine thousand nine hundred seventy five. Excuse my <laughs> math, guys. But it definitely that tw- every twenty five dollars counts, especially when you're in Las Vegas <laughs> drafting against Billy, where twenty five dollars seems to just fall off you in Vegas in about you know maybe five steps. Um, there might not be too many twenty five dollar minimum tables uh, in, in Vegas at this time, Billy. We're, I think they were. First class fantasy. We're walking by. We're looking for like a fifty dollar minimum
1: table, huh? Well, hold up. I think we got Cody. Uh, Cody jumped in real quick. Let's add. Let's get him onto the show real quick. Get him in. What's up, Cody? Never mind.
2: False alarm. Oh, not, no, false. False alarm is right. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna throw one more uh, wide receiver in the queue. I threw out um, Josh Downs, another rookie. Um, and then in terms of running backs, I think we really should look for
0: one. Yeah, we got. Looks like we got about two more picks. And then we have, um, like you said earlier, Trade
1: Gods is coming up with the Podfather guesting on that, starting here at nine o'clock Eastern. So we'll probably get this last pick in. We'll we'll say goodbye to everybody. We'll show the board and and then we'll finish up. We'll post the board to social media as well in YouTube. Um, but we are on the clock. We have thirty eight seconds. I kind of like Rashid Shahidra right here. I do like Downs. I wouldn't. I mean, we don't we don't need another tight end, but. I say we,
2: we forget tight end. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think we, we focus on one of these wide receivers. Uh, I think that Josh Downs, though, Billy, um, get, you know, I think he will be a second round draft pick. Uh, Cody has him as wide receiver five or six
1: overall. I, and he's down. Very high on downs are Beck, and we can go upside, too. Uh, I'm, I'll, let, I'll leave it up to you. I'd like to take Josh Downs here. Done.
2: Shout out to our boy, Bradley uh, Stalder. That's also a, a huge Bradley pick. He takes Josh Downs every single best ball draft, so <laughs> hat tip to him there. But I think the 15th round is good for Downs. I think you can make a case for him going a little bit higher. So we are coming up back around, Billy. Running back is a little little choppy here. I don't yep. think that's that's the position. that I don't think we want to wait and take um, our next running back in like the 20th round. I think we should start thinking about one. Uh the unattached players are kind of interesting here. Like Kareem Hunt here in the 16th round, mm-hmm. even though he doesn't have a team, if he signs with anyone, he's moving up 4 rounds. Absolutely. If he if he signs on a with a good situation, he's moving up 8 rounds.
1: What would be the team that he signs that he moves up 8 rounds? Can, can you think of any? Maybe the uh, Bengals? I would also think that a
2: situation where you could talk yourself into him beating out the current starter would also kind of kind of be appealing. Like, I think that if he ends up in Atlanta and we have Arthur Smith getting up and saying, like, it's a competition between Kareem Hunt and and Tyler Algier. Like, I think that would be interesting, even though it would probably be like a committee. I think a run heavy team like that. I think him being a handcuff uh, to a running back that maybe we have some slight, slight health concerns for would also kind of bump him up. Uh, you bring up Cincinnati, that would be great. Um, but there's a number of teams out there that could use a, a player like Kareem Hunt. Even though I do think he lost something last year, I yeah. don't think he was quite as good. Um, he's still, he's not going to go away. Uh, the guys, you know, he he could very much be a um, an injury replacement signing, uh, you know, over the summer if he makes it there. I think the chances of him not being on a, on an NFL team for week one of the season, I think the the percentages
1: are quite low. I agree with that statement. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of his um, maybe inefficiencies last year were also due to attitude, right? Not wanting to be what the Browns and getting hurt into a contract year. So I, I'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt and think that was part of it as well. Um, we shall find out here pretty soon in 2023. Um, looks like we get to make one more pick on the clock uh, as it comes back around. And then we'll say goodbye to everyone. Like I said, we'll post the the board in, in the chat. Uh, it, it sh- wasn't there earlier. I'll reshare it here so you can follow along cause we'll continue to draft. Um, and then we will also post the board to Twitter. So make sure that you're following Theo, make sure you're following myself and we will, um, get that board posted here. Once the draft is complete, you can also find it inside of the, um, YouTube comments. Um, and we'll make sure that you can have at least have access to the board throughout the remainder of the draft.
2: I threw, uh, Cordero Patterson into the queue as well who's still in Atlanta who's still not going to completely disappear no matter what they do because I think that that's a player that they love the versatility of and again we only need him to have a couple of weeks
1: yeah no it, it, I I would agree with that we're and we're just filling that last spot now Kareem Hunt just went
2: yeah I I kind of would lean towards uh Patterson here um Unless you want to throw another running back into the discussion,
1: no. The only other person I would consider here would either be Rashid Shaheed or Isaiah Hodgins, honestly, and going against the the running back position. Uh, Hodgins probably going to be the outside. Darren Waller going to be the number one target uh, at the receiver position for this offense. I think.
2: Well, I think that it, what would be interesting is if we went Shaheed, we could double tap running back, like we we could kind of be pot committed to to two running backs. And Rashid uh, goes
1: with the stack. We have
2: Alave, we have Jamal Williams, and we have Derek Carr. You could always go with your Boston Scott in the 20th round um, running back <laughs> selection too, Billy, to have another exposure to Philly. He re-signed. Um, he always seems to have those two like weird how the hell did Boston Scott fall in the end zone twice games of the, every year. Um, we could lean into that. So I'm kind of open here. Uh, I, I like Patterson. I don't mind Shahid. Uh, and then I'll throw out the fact that Desmond Ritter is here as well as a, as our uh, another QB because you're starting who? to see Desmond Ritter who
1: Desmond Ritter who <laughs> that's it. We're picking Rashid Shaheed. OK, go. go Shahid. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> All right, everybody. Tune in. Next up on the player profiler podcast network is the trade gods live with the pod father. I am your co-host Billy Billy Musio. Can't even say my own name, Theo. I am and- your co-host Billy Musio. And this is my co-host, Theo. We are out. Have a good night. Take care.
0: Be sure to subscribe and activate those alerts so you get notified as soon as new videos drop. And be sure to check out playerprofiler.com. We have all the tools for you to dominate every type of fantasy league. We have a draft kit, Dynasty Deluxe, Data Analysis, DFS Dominator, and don't forget the player rankings to rule them all.